0: Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. I'm going to read the book of Exodus. We can all just stand. Chapter uh, 3, verse 2 through 5. I'm, I'm sure most of uh, us here are familiar with the story. And the word says, there The angel of the Lord... Appeared to him in flames of fire, and from within the bush, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, "I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up?" When the Lord saw that he had gone over and looked, God called, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, "Here." I am can we say here I am one more time Here here I am do not come any closer God said take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground once again take off the sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground let's pray Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in this place. Thank you, Father God, for the healing, for the miracles that we're about to see, Father God. For the restorations, Father God, and marriages, from families being restored, Father, I ask, and we give you thanks. Holy Spirit, I ask that you move in this place, that you break chains, Father God, addiction. Holy Spirit, that you come, Father God, and you wreck us, Father. With your presence, Father God, whisper in our ears, Father God, speak to our hearts, to our mind, to our spirit, Father. Let your name be glorified in everything we do. Amen. We may take a seat. Uh, Earlier this week, um, I was going around and Pastor Ryan asked me about a month ago to prepare the sermon. And um, you know when your spirit is just uneasy, and you know God is wanting to speak to his people, so I just started praying and I know God wanted me to speak on uh regarding this about the burning bush which just opening up in a sermon is one of the hardest things for me to do and i was like god how do you want me to do it right and i was going in circles and i got i was reminded of i'm a pk um my parents are pastors been pastors since i was a baby so what i'm 36 so i guess i've been a pk for 36 years and I remember um, growing up as kids, uh, my brother over there with the long hair, um, we, we used to have some amazing services at church. Uh, those old school Pentecostal, who, who's old school Pentecostal? Talking about speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. Right? So growing up in church, that's all we saw. We saw the, the, the Spirit of God moving in the place. We saw the Holy Spirit transforming lives. We saw people speaking in tongues, people being freed from addiction. Most of you guys don't know, but when you are addicted to something and the Holy Spirit is trying to come into your life, there's a battle. There's a battle happening. And we will see these battles going on. And we're like nine years old, and when, when things will get really, really crazy, those that know what I'm talking about, my dad will be like, todos los niños afuera. Right? And you knew something was going on. You hear thunder. Ah. Right. And, and so we were kids, and I remember us going with our neighbors that were used to go to church with us, two, two, two girls. And it was my brother, my other brother, and, and myself. We would play church. Right. So we would get on top of the mattress, and we'd be like this. And then we'd start singing some songs. And then we'd be like, TUQUELES like GLORIA? Right. You want to receive the glory? You want freedom? And then we used to lay hands, but nothing would happen, right? Nothing would happen. When we were kids, and I mean, I used to admire that kind of stuff, right? The power of God, the power that he holds, the Holy Spirit. Growing up, when I'm maybe at the age of 17, I, when I was already mature, right? Well, I'm, I'm not mature yet. God is working in me. But at the age of uh, 16, maybe 16, 15 years old, I was, was in the drums. And we had this preacher, anointed preacher. And um, his, day, his name is uh, David Guzman. Scary. He looks scary. He has a, a big patch right here. And he's big. And he's Puerto Rican from New York. So he talks tough. Hey, you, come here. So he talks to some girl and he tells her, you know, you have a lot of spirits inside of you. And that's the reason you can't worship God. But today you're going to be free. All he did was one like this. He said, in the name of Jesus, you're free. She yelled so loud and she fell. And the drums on I was thinking, God, you're amazing. The power that comes from you. But there's something about that power that we must hold as Christians. It doesn't just happen overnight. You know, as a kid, we used to play church, but never felt the power because we we're missing the source. Without the source, you're empty. Right? What good is an iPhone without a charger? Right? And it made me think, I was like, God, one of these days, one of these days, I'm I'm longing for that. And I know it's not happening yet. I know it's not going to happen. This is at the age of 16 when I was praying that. But something in my spirit has always longed for the presence of God. What's the point of coming to church and being mediocre and not living in the power that he left us? You know, when Jesus died, he said, I will leave my counselor, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes with power. comes with healing. And I would say, you know, God, I know these preachers have dedicated their lives to you. One of these days, God, I'm going to dedicate my life like that, right? And I was still playing church, right? Can we be, can we be transparent? I was still playing church. But I was longing at church, I would long for the presence of God. But when I would get home, I would forget what my spirit was longing. You know, it reminded me of these great men of God that we have in the Bible Paul, Abraham, Daniel, Elijah. See, Ab- Abram didn't become Abraham for one day to another. We call him the, the father of faith, but isn't it funny that he lacked faith? You're today doesn't determine your tomorrow. Your walk does, right? Your mentality today is a process. He wasn't considered the father of faith when he doubted. He was considered the father of faith when he finished. For you sitting down and, and you going through a lot, know that today doesn't determine who you are in Christ. Know that you are more than who you are right now. But it doesn't just stop there. It's not just about, okay, God, I know you're going to come, but no, it's about giving yourself to God. Because you can't long for a change, but yet give nothing, God can change. I can't tell you God cleanse me, but I want to keep my dirty rags. I can't say, God, I want to be used in miracles and healings and prophecy, but yet I speak with this foul language that does nothing but offend his presence. I can't say, God, use me for healing, but yet, I mock people. The great men of God, like Jacob, who wrestled for a miracle, that never let go until he received this miracle and the angel transformed him, changed him. We have these great examples, but it all started with an encounter, and it started with how you responded to that encounter. See, God is speaking to his people even today. If you think you just came to church just to fulfill that checklist, you're wrong. God wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something in your life, your life, kids. But it's up to us to respond to that calling, to that encounter. See, Moses had a a, a tough life, right? Moses was supposed to die when he was a baby. But God had other plans. We see Moses was attending the flock. And when he's attending the flock, he sees from far away this, this bush and I'm sure it was ordinary. I mean, I'm sure even in the desert, it's, there's always fire. I'm, I'm from California. Whoop, whoop, Lakers. So I'm, I'm from Los Angeles, right? And all we would see was fire and mountains. That's all. actually, we went to go to Los Angeles. I think it was in April or in the summer. <laughs> we were at the beach, and you can see the mountain burning. And I'm like, oh, doesn't that look amazing? I mean, I feel bad. But I was like, man, fire is so amazing. The power it has. Right? It looks beautiful. You just don't want to get near it. You have to respect it. Respect what it does. And it's beautiful. So Moses was like, what is is this burning up? But yet, it's it's not going away. It's still burning. This little bush is still burning. So he draws his attention and he walks walks to it, and God said, this is my time. This is how I'm going to talk to him. How many times have we dismissed the simple things that God is trying to speak, or trying to get our attention? I remember when I used to go out um, living my, my sinful life, and God was always dealing with me, always trying to wake me up. And then I'll, I'll be at, at a bar or a club, and <laughs> Just like one time, I'm at a club, and, and I'm at a bar, ordering my drinks, and then this random lady said, you don't belong here. You belong to somebody higher. And I ignored it, right? And, but something in my spirit was longing for Christ. Something in my spirit was longing for Jesus, you know, when the spirit of God speaks, it's our, our place to move. We can't just let God speak and not move. You know, we can't just let the bush burn up and just watch it. Because some of us are just content with the heat. Some of us are just okay with the heat. We're okay with his presence on a Sunday morning, but we're not okay with giving it all to Christ. See, Moses longed for something different, something else. He was chosen for something great. Just like each and every one of us are chosen to do something great. Each and every one of us have our own calling. But have you actually met Christ in that burning bush in your encounter? Or have you let it slip Have you let that encounter with Christ just bypass you? Or you bypass that encounter? Because you know the commitment it takes to be a Christian. The commitment it takes to be Christ-like. Have we let that burning bush just bypass us? You know, it's, it's... at least for me, I'm, not, I'm speaking for myself. Like I said, I've been going to church since I've been wearing diapers. But yet, my testimony doesn't reflect that. Yeah, we, we all go through a lot, but the sad, for myself, the sad thing about it, knowing the truth and not doing it is one of the hardest things you can swallow. At least for myself. God invites him. Moses, Moses, Maritza, Maritza, Damaris, Damaris, Melinda, Melinda. What is your response? Because at this time we can say, yes, God, I'm here. I am here. What, ha- what happened, God? You know, but there's some requirements. When, when, when God sends this invitation, there's things we need to do. You know, there's, there's things that God requires. We have to try to live holy. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh, I said the holy word. Right? We have to try to live a life pleasing to God. Moses, Moses. Moses, Moses. Here I am. Do not come any closer, God tells him. You know, when I was, uh, I used to be this God. I was like, God, I just want to feel your presence. I want to feel your anointing. I want to feel this. I want to feel that. And I would never do anything to chase it, right? Because I was, I was pleased with the preachers we had that had the anointing, and I was okay with what they gave me, and that's it. Because when if you guys encounter the Holy Spirit, it's it's. I don't know if it sounds bad but it's addicting the presence of god is addicting because it transforms you but it wasn't addicting enough for me to change my life right and god was calling me daniel daniel and i'm like yeah here god i'm, I'm right here i'm right here i'm, I'm good with the heat I'm, I'm good i'm good with the bush i don't want to get too close god because if I get too close, I know this is going to require for me, for me to do a lot of things. Right? Me entering to the bush. And, and God says, Moses, do not come any closer. You must take off your sandals. And I was thinking, I was like, God, if, if, if Moses, I don't know how Moses was doing it. Like maybe he just kicked him off or something, right? Because he heard this majestic voice, Moses, Moses. Right? So he just wanted to enter. But I'm thinking now in my place, taking off my sandals requires for me to leave my past behind. For me to leave all my baggage, all the dirt I carry. You know, if, you, if we want to be used by God and, and be disciples, we can't bring the garbage that the world has taught us to live with, we must throw it away. The Holy Spirit requires for you to go all in, just him. And I'm thinking, I was like, okay, God, well, you tell me to take off my shoes, but I don't want to. They're so comfortable. They, they're really not comfortable. <laughs> and I'm like, God, and I'm, I'm taking off my shoes, but, but yet, when I, hurt, when I walk on the floor, I hurt because of the rocks. God, it's more comfortable for me to have my shoes on. God, I feel better just walking with them. Just let me have them on. says, Moses, take off your shoes for the place you're standing is holy ground. I'm requiring more than what you have. I require more. I require obedience. The sandals represent so much represents so much. What is it that you're holding on that God cannot use? What is it that you're trying to bring to the presence of God, to your ministry, that you know shouldn't be there? What is it? Can it be gossip? Can it be Foul language? Can it be talks that we we speak with our friends that just don't gratify the presence of God? Can it be shows that just does not do anything for our spirit? Can it be things that are just harming our spirit? But yet we want to be used by God, but yet we're contaminating the... Temple of God. What are you trying to carry into the presence of God? That that's the reason that there's no movement of the Holy Spirit. There's no more healing. For those who grew up in church, I'm sure you remember, man, those preachers used to carry some anointing with them. And I'm talking about, man, I, how I long? And I know the word says that we will see greater things and how. My spirit is getting prepared for it, but at this present moment, how I long for to see the movement of God once again in a Pentecostal church, to see people just speak in tongues and speak to God in an angelic way. How I long for the fire of God just to fall down, to purify us, to make us holy. What is it that we're carrying? We can't let go. Because letting go means letting go of your pride, being in unfamiliar territory. And that's something that we can't, at least me, I used to struggle. I used to want to control my environment, control my situation. But being used by the Holy Spirit is letting go of everything. We want to see our families transformed, but yet we don't want to give it to God. We want it our way, but yet we don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and pray. Yet we neglect to speak to God. Yet we love to have a crush on God, but yet we don't want to date him. We love to love from far away, but hate to love so close because it requires a change. Having a crush is easy. There's no requirements. You don't have to satisfy the person. You just have to love the person. But the person doesn't know who you are. Isn't it funny how when Moses, knowing he knew his past, yet didn't know who God was Do we actually know who God is? Or do we just have a crush on God? Because having a crush on God doesn't make you saved. Can, can I be truthful? Having a tr- uh, crush on God doesn't give you salvation. The book talks about many prophets and preachers preaching his name and rebuking his name and healing his name, yet... When that trumpet sounds, they will stay behind. Can it be possible that we play in church, but yet we're lost? Is it possible that we're here at church, but yet we're, we're so far away from God? Because the church speaks about the preachers. You know, when I was um, trying to talk to my wife, my <laughs> I was, man, I was so nervous. I wouldn't even look at her. And I was, like, shaking. I would shake a lot. And I would, like, hey, um, um, no, wait, wait, wait. My friend, G, most of you guys know him. He's the one that actually walked up to my wife, right? He said, hey, he wants your number. She's like, well, tell him to come get it. So, you know, me with my color eyes, I look at her and say, like, "Some girl, what's your number? She's like, oh, you have a cute smile. <laughs> you know, but I was so nervous. But I had a crush on her for so long. Man, I used to sit here and she used to do the projector right here. And I was like, oh, that girl. That girl. Oh taking my breath away she still does some days <laughs> but I, I had I had this crush right do you guys remember the, the, the time you guys had a crush on your girl and or you girls had a crush on the guy right butterflies in your stomach now you're like Lárgate. go get some food I don't know I'm gonna play Fortnite or something <laughs> right but if you had butterflies, and it was like, I don't know, should I talk to her? I don't know. How. Okay, I used to role-play. I know I used to role-play, right? And I was like, well, she's going to look in my eyes. I'm going to look at her back. I'm going to go like that. I'm going to bite my lip because I heard that works. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so I used to role-play, and it would never turn out like that. It never, ever turned out the way I role-played. Right? But then we never would have been gotten married if... I, if I went, if I never asked her for her number. No, if I just would have had a crush on her and not talked to her, then this would have never happened. Having a crush doesn't guarantee you being in love. Having a crush doesn't guarantee you knowing the person. You can know of the person, yet know nothing of them. That's how Moses was facing at that time. God, God, okay, God, if, if I go to, to Pharaoh, who, who do I say has sent me? And I'm thinking, what? Okay, so I like to put myself in the, in the story. And I'm like, how, how? What a dumb question. Isn't he, is, didn't he know who God is? I'm thinking, doesn't he know who God is already? Because of his history? Right, because of his mom, his grandma. I mean, I'm sure they told him about his history. I'm sure he learned the history because of Pharaoh. I mean, that's the reason Pharaoh demanded for all the kids to die. Right, and and we read this book right here, right? This amazing book. But yet, there's no communication here. have a crush on God can that be possible you know because when you would talk to that girl and when I would talk to her without asking for her number when she would you know ask how I was doing I'm like oh I'm, I'm good <laughs> right <laughs> she would be asking her if I, how was my day without me intentionally wanting to know her right she would talk to me and then when I knew she liked me that was even worse boy that was even worse But it's the same thing with God. Right? It's the same thing with God. If you neglect your spouse, how do you think your relationship is going to be? If you neglect taking her out, speaking to her, buying her flowers, I'll I'll buy you flowers. I'll start buying you flowers. (laughs) How do you think the relationship is going to work? If there's no communication, what, what kind of relationship is that? I'm sorry if you guys don't communicate. This is not for you. But if you guys do not communicate, how do you expect the relationship to function? How do you ex- expect your wife, husband, to be your best friend without communication? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You know, and Moses found himself in this situation. God, God, if, if okay, say it, say I go to Pharaoh, okay. I'm going to go to him. Who do I say has sent me? Because I don't, I don't know you. I heard of you. But I do not know who you are. So who do I say sent me, God? It says, I am. Has sent you. The power, right? I am. Boom. Pow. Boom. Drop mic. Church, have we neglected to encounter God and meet him? Have we neglected the the relationship that he requires? As a church, we need to be a church that's just in fire. Man, I've, I've always longed, always longed, and every time we pray, we pray here once a month. And I do my, my prayer here, and then I get up and I walk back and forth. And I walk back and forth, and I'm declaring growth. But before I declare physical growth, I declare spiritual growth. Because we cannot get physical growth without being prepared for the people coming in. Right. We can't ask God, bring the harvest, but yet, what are we going to feed them? Empty words. don't hold any value what as a church what can we give to the lost what can we give to the lost they're just going to see right through us that's the reason there's a lot of people that hate the church because a lot of people pay the church and yet don't stand out with power what can we give the world's already given them we're going to take away a football Sunday morning for them? Is that what we're trying to do? Right? And I pray to God every Saturday I pray here and I walk back and forth and I'm like, God, fill this place up. But first, let your Holy Spirit fill this place. Fill us up. And I remember, I believe Pastor Ryan and I've said it before, I was praying for the balcony and I was declaring growth. Right? It was the After I declared spiritual growth, I was declaring growth in the church. And God kept on saying, Not without the Holy Spirit. Not without the Holy Spirit. And every time I would declare growth, kept on saying, Not without the Holy Spirit. Not without the Holy Spirit. And I felt. At first I was really confused I didn't know exactly what he meant I thought I was already okay right? I thought as a church we were already okay I, th- I thought we were okay for the growth right now But we're not We're not church We're not ready for God's glory To fall in this place with people that are lost We ourselves need to be ready There's so many people out there that are hurt so many people that are longing of his presence. So many people that just need a hug. And yesterday I was at a gas station. And she, this girl, this lady cried a little bit. She walked up to my car. And she's like, I need, I need gas. I was like, okay, so what, what um, where's your car? So I wasn't going to give her money. I was like, so where's your car? And she showed me her car. I was like, okay, I'll. I'll, I'll I'll pay for your gas, so I'm paying for it. And then I see her; she's pumping, and she has this great smile. And I walk up to her and I shake her hand and I say, "You know Jesus loves you, right?" And her she her eyes got watery, and she started crying. I was like, "Just know Jesus loves you, and He's longing for you." She said, "Thank you so much. I know Jesus loves me." This is this. People out there that need God. Our brothers, our cousins, our uncles, our neighbors. You know, God left, Jesus left a command. Make disciples. Make disciples. All of us have that calling. Every one of us have that calling that we all share go make disciples but church can we make disciples by the way we're living can we actually make disciples by the way we're living can we transform life the Holy Spirit by the way we're living it's time for us to stop playing church it's it's time for us to just stop playing church you know we we can have a, a ministry in church you can have play the guitar play the piano play the drums play the bass but yet be so far away from god you can sit in your bench every sunday morning and everybody knows your spot but yet feel this emptiness this emptiness here inside of your heart because you know God is longing for something else God doesn't just want you to be okay with the fire and how warm it feels right? He wants you to take off your sandals because He wants to work in your life and if it wasn't for Moses' obedience where would, that, where would His people be? See, your obedience is not because, and that's not for you, but it's for your family. Your obedience isn't for you. The obedience is not for you, it's for His people. God is trying to redeem His people. God is trying to heal His people. But He needs vessels. He needs the church to be the church. He needs to be the he needs the church to be the church with fire, with the Holy Spirit. He needs us to walk in power. Brother Junior, one day um, we had the gathering, and he said this, and it was so powerful. Um, I don't, I'm sure he's going to remember. Borrowed faith. Borrowed faith. Most of us that grew up in a Christian household we have borrowed faith that we don't know this God that our parents preach of we know his presence but we don't know this God you know years ago I encountered this God even though I was raised in church years ago I encountered this God that redeems because I was so lost but that morning when God spoke to me here I met a God that redeems. A God that saves. And for those who are, are living in a in a way that I was living, don't let shame, do not let shame stop your blessing. For so many, for two years, I think it was two years, I let shame determine my blessing. I longed for the Holy Spirit to make me whole, but my shame wouldn't let me. My guilt wouldn't let me. Until that day when the preacher spoke to me. I was like, God, you did want me back. Letting shame and letting guilt determine your calling is one of the saddest things. And I tell you from experience, it eats you alive. It eats you alive. I'm going to ask if we all stand. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at PrimeraIglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.